0: We're fixing
1: to have us a good day. Bring it in, oh
0: this is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Today, we got some listener voicemails, some thoughts, uh, uh, two kind of, I don't know, I guess there are interesting news stories. And then a conversation with Blake Lovell of Locked On SEC. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Guys, you get home from a long day. Painter Sharpless, Michael Pappas here with me for the first few minutes. You get home from a long day, you don't want to go get dinner. You don't want to leave the house. And with Fetch Me, if you're in the auburn Opelika area, you don't have to. Wait, do people go home from work and then leave their homes again? Sounds inconvenient to me. Yep. Yep. And so with FetchMe, you don't have to do that. Once again, FetchMe20, promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. And of course, it is f- free in your phone's App Store or FetchMedelivery.com. Guys, first things first, how
2: we doing? I can't complain. Sweet. You know, midweek, hump day. All right. Not bad.
1: Miguel? Um, I'm very thankful this morning because my alarm was set for 7 a.m. and I woke up at 9 and all the lights were on in my room. So that sounds like something that happens in your life, yeah. I'm just really glad it wasn't
0: 1 p.m. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz that happens more than it, than it should. All right, so uh, let's let's start off with some voicener uh voicener listener voicemails. And you can call these really help the show out 205-502-4285. Uh, let's hit up uh Justin first.
1: Hey guys, this is uh Justin from Lafayette, Alabama. I was just wondering um I I hope that Matthew Hill going to safety isn't true because I feel like you're really good at receiver once he grasps the concepts. I guess. But do you think that him moving to safety would have a significant impact or would he be, I mean, I hate to say it, but like another Devin Barrett to where, yeah, I mean, he's a DB, but you only see him on special teams, maybe, or cleanup time at the end of a, a paid day. All right, thanks, guys. Bye.
0: I've kind of jumped off the Matthew Hill train, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope he uh, he kind of turns the corner. Painter, have you heard this rumor that he's changing to safety?
2: Yes, and I think it, Brian Matthews has reported on this. So Okay, so it's not
0: even a rumor at this point. Right. Okay.
2: It's not been – the the team hasn't said anything about it. I won't be surprised if, come spring practice, we see him playing there some. I'll be curious to see if it's a full committal to him doing it or if they have him doing it a little bit both ways and yeah. seeing if he settles. No matter what, let's not forget how big of an impact Matthew Hill has had and will have on special teams. So he's going to have a role on this team certainly that's important. Yeah, his athleticism is one in which I'd like to see him on the field as a as a primary position player, whether that's at wide receiver or defensive back. Mm-hmm. And other schools recruited him, wanted him to play safety. And he was,
0: all, I think it was a four-star safety.
2: So, so yeah. he, he wanted to play wide receiver. Auburn was willing to do that. And I think if he's honest with himself and realizes what appears to be a crowded wide receiver group, Maybe his, his opportunity is actually on the defensive side of the you ball.
0: You just look at all these young talented safeties. I mean, Michael, you've you've talked about, you know, Chris Thompson is a guy that you're pumped about. I'm pumped about these guys like Ladarius Tennyson and, and and those that crew. I just kinda wonder if he does make that transition, how relevant is he gonna be?
1: I still think his path to playing is quicker as a safety. Okay. Um just they brought in what three receivers last year, three receivers this year. You've got two guys that are his same age that are playing, you know, significant snaps. Yeah. Mm, excuse me. Significant snaps on the uh on the football field at wide receiver and then in as far as defensive backs go, you got the two freshmen that you named, Smoke Monday, Nehemiah Pritchett. That's kind of it, right? Um, as far as that were freshmen last year, no, just guys that we like expect to get significant playing time mm. at, at safety. Um, yeah, and I think Bridges a corner, so that makes your list even shorter. Okay, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Zion Puckett is that the other guy we think is going to play safety? Ah, uh, Zion Puckett is a, okay. is a safety. Yeah. Um, and he, so I think his path to playing is definitely uh, quicker at safety. I think it's definitely uh, a, a decent situation. And, and to what Painter was saying, when I was on the drive last week with Bill Cameron, he said it as if it was a fact. Okay. So yeah, cool. So there it is. So uh, it
0: looks like it is news, and we'll we'll get all the we'll get new, new Jersey numbers, and I assume they'll update the roster by Monday. So
2: yeah, usually when we go to the player. Or to the, the open media windows, they've got a roster with everybody's updated numbers, size, position. Yeah. And it'll just be obvious. Like, if he's warming up and doing drills with the defensive players, well, then clearly, you know, they've at least arrived at a point where he and the team are entertaining the idea of making the switch. Well,
1: he, he said, uh, I, I don't know if it was Gus or it was uh, someone else, the, the media relations guy, but they – I believe his first press conference, the one before spring practice starts, he's going to update with any position changes or anything. So. Yeah.
0: All right, so the next voicemail, 205-502-4285. Chris Messick is up next. Hall of Fame listener.
1: Hey, this is uh, Chris Messick in Chapel Hill, Tennessee. I just want to give my two cents about Austin Riley. I know I'm going to old school here, not talking about so much the play, but the way he walks and the way he looks. He reminds me of the Chief. Robert Perry from the Celtics back in the day. I don't know if anybody else has seen the the, uh, the resemblance, but my God, when I see him walking, he reminds me of the Chief. Love the show. Look forward to it every day. Thank you.
0: We love you, Chris, as well. Uh, Wiley's been a freak this year. I mean, uh, you know, all the stories have kind of been about Isaac Okoro, Auburn finally getting a lottery pick, Samir Dowdy being, you know, a first-team SEC guy. And Austin Wiley has been a big reason why this Auburn team's been successful.
2: A lot of double-doubles, uh, especially in conference play. He might have averaged a double-double in conference play. And Sonny Smith pointed this out. Other people have pointed it out, too. I just think it means a little bit some more coming from someone who coached. Like, he's one of the best rim protectors in the league. Mm-hmm. He affects shots of the basket. He blocks shots. Uh, he's an incredible rebounder. So the comparison to Parrish is apt. And Auburn, you know, kind of quietly, Auburn doesn't win a lot of those games without Austin Wiley this You're season.
0: Right. You're right. All right, coming up, uh, there's two stories that I want to touch on before we chat with Blake Lovell of Locked On SEC right here on Locked On Auburn.
2: March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast.
0: Before we jump into those stories, please check out our Facebook presence. We can check out our page to search Locked on Auburn. And now we have a group for Auburn fans and listeners of Locked on Auburn. Just search a Locked on Auburn Chatter. A few of you did that yesterday. We really appreciate it. All right, so Auburn has added a new opponent for 2024. They added Louisiana Monroe for the 2024 season. That'll take place November 16th. So that will be the week before Auburn travels to Tuscaloosa. Auburn is paying $1.85 million. Um, yeah, that's kind of that. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Who's pumped about La Monroe uh, four years from now?
2: It is uh, frustrating. I understand why to some extent it has to be done, but it's more
0: I don't understand why it can't be like basketball.
2: Well, that, that's what I'm like basketball doing it within basically the year. So you have an idea of what's going, what the team will be like helps. Uh, and also, you know, not having to pay a million dollars for a team to come lose. Now, I get the idea behind that it works in the favor of these small schools whose athletic budgets do not look like that of SEC teams. But that's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So Auburn's
0: 11-0 against the Warhawks. They played last in 2017. In 2012, they apparently went to overtime. Also in 2024. They
2: did. I think Cody Parkey had a game winner. Did he? If I remember correctly. That was at game in a year, so it would make sense. I'll have to double check, but that was one of the few games they won.
1: Zach has just blacked out the entire 2012 season. Did Auburn play that year? I have no
0: idea. Worth
2: not remembering.
0: Uh, Also that year, on September 7th, Auburn will play Cal. September 14th, they will play New Mexico. Then on November 16th, they will play ULM. So they will have one other non-conference game to fill that up. I assume it'll be another um, payday game for a smaller school. The other story I want to touch on, Auburn is looking for a new director of football ops. Uh, Molly Moore is no longer with the program, according to Auburn Undercover. So Travis Williams got the title of recruiting coordinator. Do you think there's any chance that his responsibilities grow even more? Do you think there's any overlap there?
1: How do I uh, throw my name into the ring? How do Locked on Auburn podcast listeners throw their name into the ring for director of football operations? Uh, I wonder if there even is an application for it. I don't know. I don't know how that works.
0: It definitely
2: seems like something that is an internal hire. Like, I'm sure they have to post it since it's a federal government position through the university. But I don't think it's one in which you could just be like, you know. Today's the day to make a career move. I really like the benefits and compensation of uh, the university. I think I'll I think I'll transition into the athletics department.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be nice. I, th- I think Molly came from Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. I think she was at uh, UGA, but we'll yes, see. Yes,
2: Cody Parkey did beat Louisiana Monroe 31-28 with a 35-yard field goal in overtime. That was a dark, dark season. It
0: was. It was. All right. Painter, where can people find you in here, you friends? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Every day, if you just couldn't get enough of me, 11 to 1 on ESPN 1067, that is available to you at espnau.com, wow. the ESPN 1067 app, wow. or wherever you get your podcast wow. when you get done with the Locked On Auburn podcast. How about that?
0: You're so sweet. Thanks. You're guy. so sweet. What if people are just like, "Okay, I really just have a hankering, a craving what for what is uh... Lane
2: Kiffin doing?" <laughs> Then you could listen to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast.
1: I love how you knew where I was going. Michael, what about you, good sir? Uh, If you want to chat, just go ahead and send me an email,
2: couchpaptato
1: at (laughs) gmail.com. How about that? How about that? All right, coming up, our conversation
0: with Blake Lovell of Locked On SEC. Coming up next right here on the Locked On Auburn podcast. All right, I'm chatting now with Blake Lovell of Locked On SEC. Blake, how's it going, man?
3: Uh, Yeah, busy week ahead here with the tournament and uh, the madness officially starting. Man, this is your uh, this is your time of the year, isn't it? (laughs) It is, man. It's uh, lots going on. But uh, like you said, it's it's a fun time of year. There's, you know, plenty to talk about with the SEC. uh, That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So Auburn is sitting there as at a two seed and just kind of looking at how the bracket shakes out or shape is shaping out. I I like Auburn's chances in this thing. Am I crazy to say that?
3: No, I, I think the bottom part of the bracket is very interesting because, um, and I also think it's the one that that could really produce the most chaos when you look at it. Um, uh, but I, but I think that' could actually be a good thing for Auburn. Um, you know, I, I'm very intrigued by, you know, I think Auburn and I know a lot of people pointed out either Missouri or Texas am is going to be their opponent on Friday, and both of those teams, of course, just beat them. but, I think in this setting, it's a little bit different. Yeah, uh, certainly having Isaac Okoro, that's a that's a big difference. Right. Um, and I just you know Auburn's a better team than either one of those, and I think that uh, you know again in this particular setting, I think it's going to help them. But you know, if you look down at who Auburn could face, let's say they do get to the semifinals, I think that's where it's get, it gets interesting because I could see Arkansas, South Carolina, LSU all being in that spot, and I think if you're Auburn, when you look at how you match up with all three of those teams. Uh, I think it's a lot better fit than, let's say, maybe having to play a Florida or a Mississippi State uh, teams like that. I feel like all three of those teams would, would probably, for Auburn, match up better against them.
0: Yeah, and, and we were talking my my co-host uh, who who's with me, Michael Pappas. Uh, he's just joining us. Blake Lovell with us, bud. Um, as far as you know, Missouri and Texas A and M. We were kind of having the conversation like, who would Auburn rather face? And we both kind of feel like Missouri would be a better, uh, an easier win for for Auburn. What are your thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I think it's a better matchup because I mean, both teams look. Both teams struggle to shoot the ball from outside, and, and I know that's been a main theme for Auburn too. But um i just think texas a and is a better defensive team so i think if you, you have to choose between the two uh which one's going to give you more fits um on defense i think it's probably going to be a&m even though missouri is a pretty good defensive team um but i don't think we can discount just you know how hot this texas a&m team is and i know missouri got the blowout win against alabama but uh this is still a missouri team that that really struggles to score it sometimes a&M's had flashes that early in the season, but they've gotten a lot more consistent on offense. Uh, I just, you know, playing against a Buzz Williams team, it doesn't matter who you've got on the floor. It's never going to be an easy task. So if I'm Auburn, uh, you'd probably rather have the matchup uh, against Missouri in that game.
0: All right, so let's assume Auburn wins, regardless against Missouri or Texas AM. That That semifinal matchup, if you had to guess, are they playing
3: LSU? That would be probably what I would guess now. I'm okay. someone, and I've, I've kind of tease this but you mentioned uh, chaos a second a, ago in
0: the lower part of the yeah. bracket that's why i ask
3: well i think there's a legitimate shot that let's say arkansas beats vanderbilt i wouldn't be surprised to see arkansas make to the semis um just really? just based on the fact that you know they have mason jones who is the ap sec player of the year it wasn't by the coaches but anyway you look at it he's one of the top players in the sec the best scorer in the sec um, south carolina up and down, inconsistent. LSU rarely plays defense well. So, I I mean, I think, let's say, you know, and listen, Arkansas beating Vanderbilt's not going to be an easy task because we've seen what Vanderbilt's done the past week. Um, But if Arkansas gets past that game, I really do, because we we say this all the time when it comes to momentum in tournaments, that team that, that plays early is able to start building that confidence, rack up wins, I would not be shocked if we saw Arkansas in the semis, but then again, given the season spent in the SEC, would also not be shocked if Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt on Wednesday night.
0: Yeah, a lot of people saying Arkansas kind of the team to, to kind of be the dark horse to go on a run. I, I just like I'm going to be honest with you, I, I just don't really see it. I think they can get past Vanderbilt, but after that, I just I don't know. I don't know what I've seen with this Arkansas team. They're so up and down. Uh, I, I just haven't seen. It. Obviously, you know a lot more about the conference than me, but. I'm just been well, surprised by that 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 opinion that a lot of people have.
3: And I think depth too and this is where, you know, we can't ignore the fact that Auburn is not a deep team and I mean mm-hmm. excuse me Arkansas is not a deep team. Right. And yeah, so sure. I think that's the one thing if we're going to say okay, let's make the case against Arkansas they're not a deep team. Uh, they don't have much size. And when you consider, you know, that having to, to make a run like this in a tournament setting, because I think the only way they're going to get into the NCAA tournament is if they make it to the championship game. Uh, and I just that, that seems very unlikely. But maybe it's just the, the star player effect. I think in tournaments, I always look at it and think, OK, who's a, the player that can just take over a game at any time? And if you have one of those players, You're going to feel pretty good about your chances in some of these tight games down the stretch. So that would be my case for Arkansas. But like you said, I think the depth is the one thing uh, where and look, we just saw them lose to A&M and Georgia. So it's not like this team is is unbeatable. That's why they're the number 11 seed. Right.
0: Right. Right. Uh, All right, Blake. So let's assume uh, let's assume Auburn wins one or two games in the SEC tournament. Or does it even matter when you look at what they need to do this week? to figure out what they're going to be seated on Sunday. Do you think, do you think this week matters for Auburn?
3: I think it matters a little bit. And we actually, uh, I had Rocco Miller. He's a a very well-respected bracketologist on uh, our podcast on Tuesday. And, he talked about this with Auburn's situation. I think Auburn getting to the championship would pretty much all but secure the fact that they would be a number four seed, like they would be a top four seed. I think in that scenario, um, you know, may, may still get shipped to Sacramento, and I know that's been the the common thing from Auburn fans is please don't send us to Sacramento. Um, but I, I mean, my guess is if they were to, because again, let's let's consider this too. It is a, a matter of who you beat. Either if they beat Texas A&M or Missouri, like it's not really going to improve their resume a whole lot. Like it's just there, There's no boost in terms of the metrics for beating either one of those teams. Now, if you beat LSU and then you get to the championship, that's a much better scenario in terms of, of giving your resume another you know, quad one, whatever type of win. Um, and I think in that spot, and, and of course, and this goes without saying, it depends on what other teams do as well around the country. But I think in that scenario, I, I would be surprised if Auburn wasn't a top four seed. And
0: worst case, let's say they go one and done, they lose to Missouri or Texas A&M. What do you think in that situation?
3: My guess is, you know, they would still probably be a five. I, I don't know that I can see them falling to a six, but... Uh, as I said, I mean, I can say that now, but not knowing what's going to happen with other teams, what other teams could improve their resume. I mean, look, let's say LSU or Florida wins the SEC tournament. I think both of those teams are able to probably jump up uh, to maybe a six seed somewhere in there. And again, I'm not, not knowing exactly what's going to happen everywhere else. But uh, I, I just would tend to think that Auburn's going to wind up as a four or a five uh, but um, you know they haven't had a lot of success away from home, as we talked about. I know they got the big win against Tennessee, but uh, that's one of the things too that they kind of has held their resume back a bit. And even if they win two of those games, you know they lost by double digits on the road this season. Uh, we're probably talking about Auburn in a much different spot.
1: Uh, you mentioned Florida there, and they've obviously got a pretty good shot at you know making some noise in this tournament. Have you heard anything more about Kerry Blackshear? I know reports came out yesterday that he. Yeah or I guess two days ago, probably when people are listening to this, that Carrie Blacksher might be out for the, the conference tournament, and obviously that would be a massive blow for Florida. Um, how, do you know anything else about that? Anything else that, you know, for Auburn fans, I mean, uh, anything that could knock down one of these other top teams that could give Auburn a, a better chance of winning the tournament?
3: Yeah, I think with Blackshear, like you said, I think that the term they're using is questionable. And, you know, as we always say when it comes to this stuff, what does that mean exactly? You know, is that, is that doubtful? Is that, you know, probably going to play? Um, I think there's a lot of room for interpretation on something like that, but... Um, You know, and the thing is with Florida, let's think about this, guys. If they don't have him in that first game, I mean, you know, Georgia with Anthony Edwards, Ole Miss with Brian Tyree. um, You know, and and I guess the thing is with both of those teams, maybe not having Blackshear in a game like that, that's probably going to be guard-oriented, not the worst thing in the world. Uh, You don't want to have an injury, but if you're going to play two teams that that are probably more guard-oriented than they are inside-oriented, uh, maybe it's a better matchup. But, I mean, for them to make it far in this tournament, they're going to have to have him. Uh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, they've got to have some type of, of presence inside, whether it's, you know, someone that can rebound, score, defend. Um, so if, if for some reason he doesn't play, uh, even if they sneak by that first game, I would not like their chances going up against a very large Mississippi State team uh, that's one of the, you know, the biggest teams height-wise in the country.
0: Blake Lovell, you've been killing it over at Locked On SEC. What a... What can folks uh, that listen to this show, what can they get out of your show over at Locked on SEC?
3: Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. Um, You know, like I mentioned, if you want some great stuff this week, uh, the interview with Rocco on Tuesday's episode, not just talking about each team, and I know Auburn fans are listening to this, lots of insight into Auburn's resume, but really just the NCAA tournament process itself. How does the committee select teams? What are the metrics you need to be focusing on as we go into the SEC tournament. Uh, That's a a must-listen episode. And, uh, of course, we'll have a a full SEC tournament preview uh, breakdown on Wednesday and and some thoughts on the the regular season awards as well, which have uh, certainly been hot topics uh, for a lot of people.
0: Blake, thank you so much, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good stuff from Blake Lovell. Of course, you can hear him every day on the Locked On SEC podcast. This has been the Locked On Auburn podcast.